Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Drinks with Allie podcast, where we're talking everything from red, red wine to pina coladas. I'm your host, Allie. Today is Monday, February 8th. It's a Mixed Drink Monday, and this is episode 23. Keeping with our Valentine's Day theme of the week, today we're going to drink pink. No, not the Starbucks strawberry coconut concoction thing. Pink cocktails. We'll go over four... Is it four? Yeah. Three, three or four. Deceptively easy but beautiful cocktails today on the podcast. So let's jump on in. To start, there are a few ways we can get pink or red as a color in a cocktail. We can add pink or red juice. So think cranberry, grapefruit, or blood orange juices. We can use grenadine as a sweetener instead of simple syrup. Or we can use red colored spirits. So cherry brandy, Campari, sweet vermouth, anything like that that has a red color to it will all add red color into our drink when we've made it. So starting off, we'll make a Singapore sling. Uh, Invented sometime before 1915 by bartender Ningen Tong Boon. I'm probably saying that wrong. Chinese, not my strong suit. Never something that I really had to study. So, I apologize if I just completely clobbered that guy's name. Anyways, Mr. Boom invented the drink at the Long Bar in the Raffles Hotel in Singapore. The original recipe has long been lost, other than a note written by a guest staying at the hotel just prior to World War II. Um, He asked the bartender for the recipe and he wrote it down quickly. Um, but during the Second World War, the hotel was occupied by both the Japanese and the Allied forces. The hotel was pretty much trashed. There was nothing there. Um, but a bar manager during the 1960s decided to try and find the original recipe and has kind of reinvented the recipe, um, or revived, I guess would be a better word, um, the recipe since then. Um, I love this cocktail. It's totally one of the first cocktails I learned to make and to memorize, and I make it quite often. Um, So grab that shaker and add one and a half ounces of dry gin. Go super simple and super classic here. Don't go for um, any kind of wild New Western or American style gins. Just go really classic, classic dry gin with this one. Uh, You're going to add half an ounce of cherry brandy or cherry liqueur to your shaker, a quarter ounce each of Cointreau or triple sec, and a quarter ounce of Benedictine. Um, If you can't find Benedictine or you're looking for a substitute, Drambuie is a fantastic substitute. Um, It's a nice also herbal liqueur um, that's not like an Amaro, so it's a little bit of a softer um, herbal taste to it. Then we're going to add four ounces of pineapple juice half an ounce of lime juice, remember fresh lime juice is always best, and a third of an ounce of grenadine, plus one dash of Angostura bitters. So Angostura bitters, um, I don't know about everybody else, but you can usually buy them here in the grocery store. They're the tall bottle, big white label, comes up past the shoulders, and a yellow cap on it. So those guys, traditional, traditional cocktail bitters. We're going to add ice to the shaker. We're going to shake it up nice and vigorously and strain it into a Collins glass that's filled with soda. Now, it will be foamy because pineapple juice, when you shake it, does foam and it'll froth. So it'll have a nice thick um, layer of froth on the top. And we're going to garnish it with either a slice of pineapple, 
uh, maraschino cherry by itself, or uh, orange wheel with a maraschino cherry in the middle. Uh, we call that a cherry flag. Now, the classic recipe does call for topping the whole thing up with soda, but, uh, you know, don't have to. You can or you can't, doesn't matter, but definitely you're going to want to serve this one with a straw. Up next is a drink I make on every, and I mean literally every single menu I have ever curated. There's a couple reasons for it. One, it's simple. It's an easy recipe to give to bartenders, especially if they're new. Two, it's tasty, it's delicious, it's fantastic, even though the ingredients sound completely wacky and like they're not going to work together. And three, it's beautiful. You see it walk across a bar or a restaurant, everybody wants to order one because it's pretty. And four, it's really easy to make. Super, super, super easy. It's had many, many names, um, again, because I put it on a lot of menus, so I changed the name kind of uh, for each restaurant or bar that it's going towards. But I like to call it One Trick Pony, um, mostly because it's kind of like my one trick. So in our shaker, we will add equal parts, usually going with one ounce each, of cranberry juice, pineapple juice, cherry brandy, and vodka. I like to use vanilla vodka, but good stuff, not just flavored with chemicals. Um, if you can't find one with a bean inside it, you can make some yourself. So get a bottle of vanilla bean, or ooh, sorry guys, a bottle of vodka, a vanilla bean, split it and drop it into your vodka, letting it sit for two to four weeks. Um, you'll get a nice vanilla flavor from that. So again, equal parts, cranberry juice, pineapple juice, cherry brandy, vodka. We're going to add ice to our shaker and we're going to shake it up nice and vigorously. And then we'll strain it into a martini glass um, that's been chilled. No need for garnish on this one. Super simple. Shaker up. Good to go. Bang it up. Alrighty. Next up, we have the ever so classic. Ladies gonna love it. The Cosmo. Or the Cosmopolitan, as it's actually typically called. So historically, we see the first reference to the Cosmo-style drink in 1934 in a book called The Pioneers of Mixing at Elite Bars. Sounds like a pretty cool book. Definitely sounds like one I should try and get my hands on. Hopefully I can. Um, but knowing that vodka didn't really take hold in the U.S. until sometime after World War II, it's hard to imagine it being close to the kind of classic cocktail that we think of, or the modern classic cocktail that we think of. Um, so just so you guys know, different alcohols have always kind of enjoyed their moment in the sun uh, in the U.S., which is obviously one of the largest markets, kind of in a cyclical way. So gin was obviously the big one um, pre-World War II. In kind of the mid-70s, we see both tequila and vodka kind of take hold. Vodka definitely shot, shoots up forward ahead of tequila, but tequila does see an incremental rise um, through and up to the 90s. And then in the early 2000s, we see everybody kind of go back to gin. Um, and we go back to gin because that's when we kind of all discover um, classic cocktails and kind of reviving classic cocktails. Rum has always just kind of done its own thing, just kind of moseys along, does its own thing, kind of hangs in the background. Um, and has never really had a heyday in the U.S., I guess, um, except for during World War II, like we talked about during the Daiquiri. 
um, when it was difficult to import other liquors from outside of the U.S., but importing from Cuba and Puerto Rico was super easy. So that's probably why. Now, the modern Cosmos first iteration, uh, which is slightly different than the classic that we think of and that we will talk about um, recipe-wise in a minute. Um, So we have bartenders saying they invented it everywhere from San Francisco, Miami, and New York from the mid-70s on forward. So it's a little bit murky, um, which is kind of odd for a modern cocktail. Normally once um, we kind of hit the 50s, 60s, we knew exactly who was making what when and who was taking credit for it um, because we were a little bit more willing to say, hey, that was my drink. We wrote them down. Um, We didn't lose recipes like we did prior to that. But the recipe we most likely know, um, so if you've had a Cosmo, you probably know kind of this iteration, comes to us from Dale DeGroff and his time at Manhattan's Rainbow Rooms. And this recipe was kind of created by Dale in 96. So despite that, the fact that Dale's version is the version that we all use, he even admits himself to only just making the Cosmo super popular and not to inventing it in its whole and in its entirety. So um, taking a bit of a backseat on that one, which is fine. So recipe-wise, in our shaker, we are going to add one and a half ounces of citrus vodka. So the original recipe calls for um, absolute citrone. Um, You can use any citrus or lemon vodka that you have. Uh, It's totally cool to use just plain vodka if that's all that you have. Basically, you just want vodka. You're going to add half an ounce of lime juice. Again, remembering fresh is always best. Uh, Half an ounce of triple sec or Cointreau, whichever you have. Remembering that all Cointreau is triple sec, but not all triple sec is Cointreau. And one and a half ounces of cranberry juice. And again, we want to go for cranberry juice, not cranberry cocktail. Same as we did when we made the poinsettia at Christmas, um, because we don't want it to be too sweet. Then we're going to add some ice to our shaker. Shake it all up very vigorously and strain into a chilled martini glass. Now, personally, I like to use um, either cranberry cocktail or sweeten it with just a kind of a bar spoon full of uh, simple syrup. Because sometimes I do find that vodka, lime juice, Cointreau, and cranberry cranberry juice can all be a little bit bitter. And though I like things that are tart, I don't like things that are bitter if I'm going to just be drinking on them. A bit of a personal preference there. You don't have to, you can. Doesn't matter. All right. Lastly, but certainly not leastly, the tequila sunrise. Okay. I know it's not 100% pink, but it is very pretty and has some pink to it. And I think it's kind of a fun cocktail and it's easy to make. So if you're super stressed out on Valentine's morning when you're, because uh, Valentine's Day is on a Sunday this year, you're a little stressed and you're like, oh my goodness, I need to do something. It's a great cocktail, super easy. So we see references to the Tequila Sunrise being the drink of choice during the 1930s at the Tijuana Racetrack and Resort in Tijuana, Mexico, um, which was frequented by tons of Hollywood stars during that time period, looking to get away from Hollywood and the hustle and bustle, and I don't know what else they would be getting away from, but apparently they needed to get away. So the modern three-ingredient version that we all drink, though, is credited to two young bartenders by the name of Bob, 
Bobby Lazoff and Billy Rice in kind of the really early 1970s. So probably like 1970, 71. We do see references in kind of pop culture in 71, 72 um, with different parties, with people like Mick Jagger um, having drunk them. So I would say 1970, these two guys invented the drink. They invented it at the Trident in Sosalito in California. So um, they were making it. Then it was kind of picked up by a lot of stars. And in 1973, the drink was picked up by Jose Cuervo, the tequila company, and its lovely marketing people. And it was put on the back label of all the bottles for quite some time um, because it was an easy cocktail for people to make. Again, it only requires three ingredients and you could market it super easily as a fun drink. Um, it also is featured on the Eagles uh, album, Desperado. There's a song called Tequila Sunrise on it, which also probably helped to shoot the drink to fame. So this drink is built meaning we make it in the glass, we'll drink it out of. So you're going to take your tall, skinny Collins glass, you're going to add ice and a straw. Whenever I build a drink, I always put my straw in before I start adding my liquids in so that the straw doesn't come shooting out after I put it in and so that my hands don't have to touch the straw once I've touched a whole bunch of other stuff and they're now maybe a little bit sticky. Then we're going to add two ounces of Blanco tequila, Blanco tequila, and top the glass up with orange juice. This is probably about four ounces of orange juice. And then we will drizzle a quarter ounce or so of grenadine into the glass. It should sink directly to the bottom, which gives you, gives you that layer of red along the bottom and that lovely layering look. Um, it will sink naturally. You don't have to worry. This is one cocktail. You don't have to worry about the back of a spoon to get it to sink. You don't have to do anything. You just have to pour it in. And then you're going to garnish it with that cherry flag again. So that orange wheel with a cherry in the middle on a stick. You put it on top and it looks like a little sun, sunrise coming out of your sunrise. Now, personally, when I make this cocktail, I like to shake my tequila and my orange juice together. So I'll do the same first step. I'll put my ice and my straw in the glass. Then I will quickly shake my tequila and my orange juice in a shaker, with like one cube of ice, strain it into my glass with its ice in it, and then add the grenadine to the top of it. Um, that's just personal preference. I find for me that that kind of blends the tequila and the orange juice together a little bit better, and you get a fuller taste of the tequila coming all the way through the orange juice instead of just getting a bang of tequila a bang of orange juice and then the bottom part of the glass is just orange juice it's totally a personal preference so you guys can do whatever you want and whatever you think is best now if you're like me and you don't like to use that horrible electric red grenadine you can buy at the store um, and I'm sure everybody can buy it at every store ever because it's seems to be just like one of those things. Up here in Canada, we can buy it from a company called Roses. They make grenadine and they make lime cordial. And you're supposed to use lime cordial instead of lime juice and this horrible red grenadine instead of real grenadine. Um, but you can make your own grenadine. It's super easy to do. It's 
you need two ingredients and it's foolproof and it's way tastier and it's so simple. I don't know why you wouldn't do it, especially if you like adding red color to to drinks. So like I said, two ingredients, sugar and pomegranate juice. Up here, I use Palm Wonderful because that's what you can get. I know that you can get that some places in the States. I don't know if you can get it everywhere, but you can look for it. You can get pomegranate molasses as well, which you can use to make grenadine as well. With the pomegranate molasses, you have to add boiling water and less sugar, and it's a little bit more involved. So I just stick to pomegranate juice. So basically, we're going to take one part pomegranate juice and one and a half parts sugar. So if you're using one cup of pomegranate juice, use one and a half cups of sugar. And we're gonna boil it until the sugar dissolves and it thickens up a little bit like syrup. So same idea as doing our simple syrup. And then we're just gonna let it cool. And I put mine in a mason jar and I put it in the fridge. It lasts anywhere between two and four weeks. You can add a little bit of like a eighth of an ounce of vodka to the mix and it'll kind of make it a little bit more shelf stable. Quite honestly, though, you can probably leave it in there six, eight weeks, and it'll be fine, as long as it's not getting anything in it, and it's sealed nice and tight. So like I said, the color is darker, but it is way tastier, and definitely quite a bit healthier for you as well. So with that, guys, we'll wrap up another episode. I hope you found a nice uh, Valentine's Day cocktail in that mix of things that you want to drink. If you'd like to leave me a question, comment, or concern, a show topic idea, I'd love to hear from you. You can do that in a couple of ways. You can head on over to the website, drinkswithally.com, so D-R-I-N-K-S-W-I-T-H-A-L-I.com, and you can click on contact or on podcast episode 23's page, and you can leave a comment right there. I do see them. I do respond. Um, And I will message you back if you leave me a comment or send me an email. You can send me an email um, over at my Gmail, which is drinkswithally at gmail.com. So same spelling as the website. You can also catch me on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MeWe, Pinterest, Spotify, and TikTok, um, all at drinkswithally. And uh, you can send me a private or a direct message there. If you're loving this show, guys, I would really, really appreciate it if you could share it with some like-minded, drinks-loving friends, if you could subscribe on iTunes, or leave us a review. The more people that subscribe or review, the more people who love wine and cocktails and beer will be able to see us. So with that, everybody, fill your glass with something tasty. Cheers, everyone.